guys, I just wanted to take a few minutes here to introduce a new podcast project that I am working on. Now, you may potentially know me from some other podcasts uh, that would mainly be The White Book, formerly known as Two Champs and a Chump, which is the main show that I do. We're up to, uh, geez, what are we, 379 episodes, something like that. Uh, and we are dedicated to the Game of Thrones card game. Been running for a long time. It's it's a it's a solid show, but I'm biased. So what do I know? Now, uh, a while back, I did also start a secondary show that shoots for maybe 15 to 20 minute episodes uh, called "The Things I Do for Love." That, uh, in the short format, kind of touches on random topics that, that maybe wouldn't be a full episode of the white book. So I may have a guest on to uh, chat something for a little bit. Uh, I may draw some attention to aspects of the community that uh, don't get as much um, FaceTime, so to speak, as they normally would, uh, like, say, chatting uh, with an artist uh, or graphic designer that likes to help out with promos, or uh, I keep really wanting to get around to, to having someone on that uh, manages uh, the deck building site for the game, that type of thing. So uh, in that, that short format, I was thinking about it and uh, talking to other Folks that also enjoy the Lord of the Rings card game, or the living card game, that is, uh, because it's been a secondary game for me for a long time now, um, since it launched, essentially. I don't play it nearly as often uh, as I might like to, uh, but I always like to keep coming back to that world. I love the mechanics, and uh, I was fascinated with them even when it was first announced um, because of the ability to solo something right co-op games are cool I, I do enjoy working together with everybody uh, it's it's a nice change of pace from my favorite format of the game of thrones card game which is melee uh, if you're not familiar with that it's multiplayer free-for-all so uh, very political heavy, stab people in the back to steal a win, uh, that sort of thing. So co-op modes are uh, a nice change of pace from that. Still gives me an excuse to get together with people uh, and play. And, you know, I, I love the mechanics of building decks and, and finding out synergies and that sort of thing. But also because I love that, it's solo mode, like true solo, not even any of this two-handed business, but true solo that really like drew me in and interested me uh, and is what I keep coming back to with the Lord of the Rings LCG. I, I love being able to, to sit down, tinker with that deck, try out uh, new and different combinations. Uh, I, I love literally the, the physical feel of you know those cardboard cards in my hands. It, everything just feels so much more real 
uh, that way rather than playing something digitally. I mean, sure, there, there's something uh, to be said for video games. They fulfill a, a different niche for me. Uh, and, you know, I play a lot of those as well, as you've probably heard bits and pieces of if you've ever listened to Props and Slops on the White Book. Um, but being able to take my actual physical cards for the Lord of the Rings card game, shuffle up in some downtime, sit down at my kitchen table, and have a fulfilling uh, cardboard game experience without having to track down another player uh, is so cool to me. That's something I'm never really going to be able to do with Game of Thrones, to, despite that being the game I've been uh, you know, dedicated to since its launch in 2002, um, it, it's just never going to be something that I can experience in my downtime without having to track down other people to do that with. Sure, the internet makes that easier uh, these days with sites like theirontheone.net or something like Octagon, but uh, it's it's never really quite the same. So that gives you. A bit of a, an overview to look at why I enjoy the Lord of the Rings LCG uh, and what I personally get out of it. This uh, then connects to the whole podcast thing and when I was talking to some other folks uh, and, you know, kicking around just different little ideas and uh, somehow, not too terribly long after I originally started uh, the things I do for love, I hit on the name Elevensies. Uh, right, obviously referencing the hobbits and their love of uh, various meals throughout the day. But it also struck me in regards to a short format podcast, right? Uh, I get a lot of personal uh, chuckles out of thinking about an 11 minute podcast named Eleven Seas uh, and the ability to line that up in a flavorful, in joke sort of way. Like, that's pretty much prime internet for me, right? So that's how Eleven Seas came to be. Uh, it's going to let me have a little bit of an outlet to talk about a secondary game that I enjoy, but keep uh, both recording time and editing time down to a bare minimum so that I can actually get episodes out there. Now, much like... Uh, the things I do for love, this is not going to be on a fixed set schedule. Uh, it's going to be when I happen to have something that I think is worth talking about. I'm going to throw that out there. But on the plus side, there are multiple episodes of Eleven Seas already recorded and ready to go. Uh, some of these uh, have been a little while. Uh, at least one of these topics is going to feel a little bit dated because it was recorded prior to the release of the digital game. Uh, but regardless, I think there's still broad enough topics that it's worth coming back to these and folks listening to them, despite my delay in pulling the trigger on actually putting the show out in front of people. So there you have it. Uh, I've got some content in the bucket that's, that's ready to go. Now, episodes won't always be exactly 11 minutes, but I'm going to try to hold myself uh, pretty close to that. So that leads me to this episode, which is sitting somewhere around the seven-minute mark right now. So I need a little bit more to, to talk about to go ahead and bring this up to uh, the time we're looking at, right? Well, conveniently, there was some big Lord of the Rings news today. 
Uh, FFG actually announced the uh, Gen Con specific uh, scenario this time around. This one, not just a, a quest as some of the past ones have been, but this continues the, the tradition they started with the Wizards Quest of Gen Con last year, where this is, uh, a, I believe that was called a scenario kit as well. It may not have been, but this one is titled A Scenario Kit for the Minds of Moria. So this is going to give us uh, the ability to jump back into Moria, somewhere we, we've already kind of tinkered with uh, in the second uh, cycle of the LCG. And this time it's going to filter that through the lens of a customizable quest uh, that they have been exploring lately, where this is going to come with um, the ability to choose different stage two and three Everybody's going to have the same quest stage one, uh, but you're going to be able to put together some custom pieces for uh, the latter parts of the quest. And then the encounter deck itself is going to have you pick from multiple sets to actually put things together. Um, I think the, this seeing more of this in the game is something I really love because up to this kind of point, uh, some of my favorite uh, quests have been things like the Steward's Fear and the, the Three Trials that really give this uh, additional replayability by having kind of uh, branching paths for how things can happen. I mean, sure, things can happen in any order out of the encounter deck that's you know randomized and shuffled, but something about those those three branches you know the the different villains at the end of uh the steward's fear or you know the different order that you might try to uh to get the items in uh, the trials and, and which trial you're actually going to stumble into and and that sort of thing i i love that type of mechanic and so these newer uh, specialty quests feel like an organic uh, growth out of that, right? Like the uh, Caleb and company took a look at this and, and said, you know, how can we really do that at the next level? And conveniently, uh, that also gives it a way to touch on multiplayer uh, to give a head-to-head -head mode, which some of you that listen to Cardboard of the Rings uh, may have heard way back when, uh, Sean and I coming up with the Keeping Count multiplayer uh, kind of overlay to give people a way to keep track of things, uh, who is being the most uh, MVP of the game and that sort of thing. So I love not only the solo game, as I said earlier, but I love also um, kind of breaking out of the box and finding ways like this to allow players to go head-to-head -head by customizing each other's quests and, and going up against each other. I mean, sure there's a little bit of a downside in some ways that they're just kind of revisiting some of these old uh, locations and reusing some old art and that sort of thing but hey anything that lets them keep their costs down so they can keep being inventive uh, with these type of products and getting them out there in front of us uh, i'm all for so i look forward to it guys and i uh, want to hear more from you and at that point, I suppose we've hit our 11 C's, so we will catch you next time.